Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. The show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Roscoe here, your co-host, sitting digitally, virtually opposite uh, the main man. Yes, Jamie Glazier up there in Queensland. Jamie, it's been a big few days in the world of golf, and a few things have popped up on the radar that have caught our attention and worthy that we should really highlight them because there's some really important messages in the results uh, and some of the other stories that have happened in and around the last week. So how are you, Jamie, first first and foremost? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Roscoe. Good to good to join you again. And yeah, the last few days in golf has been, uh, for me, a really, you know, interesting and exciting uh, viewing. But um, from a storyline, when it comes to mental performance and mental health, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a fabulous couple of days. And obviously, the US Open golf is always an exciting one to watch. And uh, this year uh, at Torrey uh, certainly didn't disappoint. That, that back nine on Sunday was was really some sort of theatre. It was uh, was fantastic to watch. Tory Pines, let's uh, before we get into the the deep uh, the deeper uh, points of the podcast today. Um, what do you think of Tory Pines? I have uh, been to Tory Pines once. I stood out in front of the pro shop and I looked out over the golf course without my clubs, and uh, it was gorgeous. Um, I have never played it and would love to get out there one day and, and have a game. But um, I think it is a stunning golf course. Um, I think it's great for a U.S. Open venue um, once they get that rough up a little bit um, and the drama that can unfold as we saw on on, uh, on the final round. But um, I think it's stunning. Typical of the USGA, you know, whatever way that uh, it comes out, there's always a bit of discussion and whether it's controversy around courses, course setup, and Torrey Pines was uh, no exception uh, yeah. to a lot of the, you know, the pundits, how uh, it's been discussed. Certainly I've got in the backdrop here in the zoom backdrop and uh, yeah, it, it looks, uh, it looks sensational. Uh, might have a little uh, go of it on the simulator later on. Uh, I've never actually played Torrey Pines on the simulator. So might, we might have to do that at some stage. Now, love it. some of the messaging out of the last week, as we discussed, firstly, let's talk about big John Rahm and his win. It's no secret. It's been widely reported that he's been dealing with a few things in his uh, world as a golfer, you know, since being tested COVID positive at the Memorial, um, having to go through that week in, in the protocol, as they say, you know, he was allowed to play, but there were some conditions and restrictions around his when he was asymptomatic on you know, I'm not, yeah. not sure of the, the full detail on that, but ultimately, you know, he had a six shot lead, got told after finishing, uh, was it round th- the third round? Third round, yeah. Third round that, yeah, he was going to have to withdraw from the tournament. And I guess then to bounce back, you know, he had to isolate and do whatever with his family, but to bounce back and then to then come back to Torrey Pines and take his first ever major. Yeah. Fair bit of stuff going on handled it pretty well you would think yeah look I think it's it was interesting because you know within a half an hour after having to withdraw he put out you know put out a statement to the press and 
even the way he framed that statement, the way he looked at it, how he wasn't bitter, wasn't angry, wasn't, you know, it was just, okay, this is, this is the world we're living in at the moment. This is my reality. Um, I'm grateful that all my family are healthy. Um, you know, no one else in the extended family uh, got, got the virus. Um, he wasn't really having too many symptoms. And, and you know, he, he was putting things into perspective really, really well. Obviously, you'd be, you know, brutally disappointed, but the way that he handled that, I think, was was really good. He knew his golf game was in as good a shape as it's probably been in his whole life. And I think for me, the way that he handled that and, and the frame that he put around it helped him to keep that momentum from a golf performance point of view. He didn't overreact to it. He didn't uh, overamplify it and, and allow that to sort of get in the way of where his golf game was at and uh you know very next start coming back um to Tory where he's had success before he loves that place he uh, I think he proposed to his wife there uh on the uh, on the cliffs of Tory um so it's a it's a venue that has a, a very special place for him um both golf and non-golf related so uh I just think he knew what was on the horizon and, and just wanted to make sure that he gave himself every chance possible to to play well at Tory, and uh, and obviously he did that. So when we talk about you know those couple of weeks and a mental mastery perspective, you know we're going to look at some of the terms that we you know frame a few things around, but certainly dealing with adversity, you know he's yeah. he's excelled in in that aspect. Yeah, and you know as you just point out, you know it's a special venue for him uh, with all of the things that happened personally. Gratitude. You how would you how would you frame up uh, talk about his I guess, connection with gratitude and, and his performance. Oh, no doubt. You know, he he spoke a lot about that again after Memorial, just the the, the, the gratitude around um, his family. And I obviously after this week, he, he, he went back to, to discuss, you know, um, COVID in Spain and having lost some close people to him through COVID. Um, you know, he was just grateful that his his family weren't, you know, weren't weren't uh, weren't sick that he was okay, um, so I think gratitude for him played a big part in it, and the important part is that you know not not amplifying or or um, over dramatizing the negativity of the situation, really dulling that down, just diffusing that as much as he could, and just focusing on the bigger picture. Um, I think was was something that really helped him to. To manage and 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 you know manage the adversity and deal with it as best as he could, um, and even you know even a memorial was, is a, is a huge event and it's only a couple of weeks ago. Again, it's just a stepping stone to bigger things, you know. And the U.S. Open is a stepping stone to bigger things as well. Um, it's his first major. Um, you know, these guys have a pretty decent long-term view of things, so they don't put as much emphasis or importance on the shot or the round here, um, like it's do or die. So, um, yeah, so, I, th- I thought it was great. So, you know, with expectation management, that sort of comes into my mind when we start talking about, you know, how, how he handled the tournament in particular, you know, like he, he didn't dominate from start to finish and, yeah, you know, but certainly at the end there, he was, he was there and, and when it counted, things had yeah. to, and things had to be made. Yeah. He was yeah. there making it. So yeah, he's talked a lot about his game in, in terms of, expectations and perfection and and how he now approaches his game so what do you take out of that 
Yeah, look, it was interesting. I, I listened to the the post round press conference, um, his post round interview, uh, and he mentioned that he, he started the final round three shots back, but he just had this really. I suppose it was just this this clear thought and feeling that 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 today could be the day. It just it could be. You know, he's three back. It's a U.S. Open. If he if he gets off to a good start, plays well. It could be the day. Um, and then he got off to a thing. I'm trying to think of the first hole. He got off to a good start. Whether he birdied the first or he, he got up and down for par, but something happened on the first hole that he sort of felt, yeah, you know, you, that, that doesn't happen all the time. So today, you know, today could be the day. And he just used that word could a whole lot. Um, and one of the things he spoke a lot about was in the past, his thought of winning a major was that he had to hit every shot, you know, great. He had to play every hole great and he had to play every round great to win a major. And over the past sort of six to nine months, he started to realise that that's not, that's not the case. You don't have to be perfect to win any golf tournament, let alone a major. So he just gave himself that little bit of flexibility that even though if he did hit a poor shot or play a poor hole, that that, that doesn't get in the way of him achieving a goal of, of, you know, having a good round of golf or winning a golf tournament. And it just creates that little bit of flexibility for him. And, uh, you know, really, because he is pretty hot headed and that flexibility is important for him not to trigger some of that perfection, that impatience um, and some of that, that, you know, that fire that he has. So I think that, um, that little bit of a shift in perspective and, and expectations certainly helped him a lot this last sort of six or nine months. You mentioned there a term which comes up a lot in the discussion when when John Rahm gets uh, mentioned, you know, hot-headed, and, and he's had some demonstrated examples of that in the past. He seems to have, I guess, monitored that, checked that on, you know, what the right way of reflecting on that is. But, you know, would that have been something that he's had to, to work on? Because I think as everyday golfers, it's a pretty emotional game. And, yeah. and those emotions, when we're not performing at our best, or things happen, adverse situations happen, perfection doesn't happen. We can get a little bit of emotion. Yeah. Would would he be working on that weekly, or is it just something that through these other processes, gratitude, expectation management, it just happens to become better? Oh, yeah. Look, I, I I don't think, in my mind anyway, there's any doubt that he's working with someone on this side of the game, um, just because of some of the language patterns that he's starting to use. And, and I don't know whether it's a, something that he's been working on for a long time. Um, as most of the players at that level do, they work with someone you know, fairly closely. But I think without a doubt, that's something that he probably would have recognised when it gets to a major, he, he sort of a little bit, he sort of triggers that little bit of higher expectation. And But there's no doubt, you know, this week especially, but you look at the golf that he's been playing this last, you know, this this last year, and it's it's been consistently pretty damn good. So I think him just giving himself that little bit of flexibility and 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 managing those expectations so that things don't have to be perfect is something that he's you know definitely worked on without a doubt. But you know, I think for me too, when we look at that back nine at the U.S. Open, you know, there's we talk a lot about positive and negative variants in golf, um, and we've spoken about that on the podcast there. You know, Rory McIlroy's there and he hits, hits, misses an iron shot and gets plugged on the, in the lip of the bunker. And um, all these little negative variances were occurring to people like Bryson and, and, and Rory throughout that back nine. Um, and Louis, within, you know, within a small, I suppose he's, he's hitting the ball in the hazard on, on 17, I think it was. Um, that was a, a poor drive. But 
um, you know, you can get away with those sort of things as well. Um, but one thing I did really like to see 18, so Ram, John, birdie 17 uh, to tie the lead, par 5, 18, hits it in that right greenside bunker on a down slope. So he could have he could have tried to go close to the pin, but it was a tough shot. And with the greens the way they were pretty quick, uh, it could have gone down, you know, into the water. So he played it out safely, you know, a good look like 25 metres, uh, 25 feet, sorry, right of the pin. He took his medicine. He was patient, but not to make par. He was just going, this is the, this is going to give me the best chance of making a birdie. Um, and he knew he was putting well. And he just, the patience, discipline that he had, his, his flexibility to reset in the moment and make a birdie a different way was just sensational. And you could, you could see that his his speed control on those last two putts was unbelievable. They were just dead perfect weight. And I just, you know, he spoke a lot about karma as well. Just from what happened at the memorial, he's a big believer in karma and he just had this positive attachment to good things were going to happen. You know, he just felt like he was going to make that putt. And we all know what that feeling's like. We've all had it. We haven't had it for a US Open, but we've had it for something. Um <laughs> And it's almost like it doesn't matter what happens, this ball is going in the hole. I wouldn't mind that feeling a little bit more often. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right. And uh, I'm sure everyone listening can, I guess, reflect on a time in recent times when they've, when they've had that. Yeah. It, um, it was an interesting, really, once you're thinking about your golf with the type of, I guess, information and inspiration, like what we're trying to you know, build in the community here. Yeah. It really is inspiring to see someone, you know, plot their way like that and really give it, that sort of thought rather than just go for it. And I think, yep. you know, if there was a couple of takeouts of this podcast, you know, that, that moment there could be significant for a lot of people, you know, in their weekly rounds of golf and how to approach not just the final hole, not yep. just, not just, you know, trying to win a $40 voucher, but just yep. trying to how to score better. Yeah. And you could apply that sort of thinking, I guess, several times during your round. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's one of the best players in the world. Like yeah. he's been number one in the world. It's not like it was on a ridiculously, you know, difficult downslope. It was just on a slight downslope. Like he could have activated, activated hero mode quite easily and it wouldn't have even been hero mode for him. It's just a little bit of a downslope. He's got to land it just on the fringe and, and let the fringe kill it a bit and let it really like, but he, he, he was cognizant of the moment, self-aware and, and self-disciplined to take his medicine and realize, okay, this is just what I've got to do here. And, um, yeah, I think we could all definitely take that into account and, and, and I suppose feel a little bit more pride on making good quality decisions as opposed to getting high-quality outcomes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, just to finish on, on John and move on to the next topic, but, you know, when you think about his, his work from, you know, that hot-headedness that he, you know, did have and carry with him and, and did influence him a little bit in former times, yeah. To then be able to process that at that final moment and not let beast mode be activated and be yeah. adrenaline kicking in and all of these other emotions, which you, no one that listens to his will, will ever, ever yeah. experience. But, you know, if you go back to that first statement, you know, if you find yourself getting a, a bit emotional at your score or at your shot making in a round, reflect on reflect on John Rahm right now in this, yeah. in this moment. So yeah. take a lot out of that win. Uh, it was a great win. And yeah. Uh, a lot of people tipped it, but not many people expected it maybe after the first uh, little bit, but he certainly yeah. was there when it counted. Now, 
a couple of other things, as we suggested, there was a young man, young English man who plays in the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm not sure if you know him or have come across him or any of your guys do, but, uh, you know, he's put out a, an Instagram post, which has caught our attention. Uh, he catches a lot of people's attention because he is one of the best dressed young men uh, playing golf at the moment, young English fellow, Harry Hall. But yeah. the, the post and I guess the, the messaging behind that uh, has caught your attention. So just give everyone a bit of a heads up on, on what your uh, thought from uh, yeah. Harry Hall. Yeah, Harry Hall's a young, uh, young English boy that uh, went to university in Vegas at, uh, at UNLV, graduated there. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour, really good player, um, has been having a tough year uh, to say the least. And he put, a, he put an Instagram post out four days ago, uh, three days before, might have been just before the, the, the start of this week's event on the Corn Ferry Tour. And I'll read out his post because it's, it's, uh, it's really relevant. Um, so he has this photo up uh, of himself, looks really cool, um, you know, a bit of swagger there. And he said, I've had this photo in my library for a while now. I've been waiting for a good result on the golf course to post it, but that hasn't happened. Then I realised that's me falling into a trap of only posting positive, successful posts when life isn't really like that. I have failures all the time but tend not to share them with others except those close in my team. I am aware I am where I am today because of how I deal with my failures. And fortunately for me, one week can change a lot of things in my world. I'm in Wichita this week for the Wichita Open. Love the golf course. Played the best golf of the year last week. Chest out, chin up. Now, he's put his last eight weeks on the Corn Ferry Tour. It has gone 51st. Miscut, 41st, miscut, 51st, miscut, 82nd, missed cut. So nothing inside the top 40 in the last eight events. And Harry went out this week and won the Wichita Open on the Corn Ferry Tour. And for me, the timing of this post where he's gone, hang on a second, I've just realised that I'm waiting for a moment to post something positive. And he realised that, he put it out there, he put chest out, chin up, like ready to go, and then he goes and wins a goddamn tournament. Mm. Now, for me, and I know he works with uh, a, a mental performance coach in the UK, um, so, you know, I just find those sort of things so interesting because of the timing of the post and then and then... He goes and wins his first event after a stretch of, God knows, I mean, not, not, not great golf. Uh, that can't have a lot to do with his mechanics. It's mm. more around yeah. his mindset and his outlook and his approach to this week and giving himself the best opportunity in case his mechanics, um, you know, in case his mechanics do show up and he's feeling good about his game, the mindset is going to help to achieve the best possible outcome. And for him, he achieved that this week. And I just, I find that so interesting. Yeah. The chest up, chin out uh, is. Uh, yeah. Chest out, chin up, sorry. Uh, chest yeah. out, chin up uh, mentality. Yeah. I, I think that's a good one. I'm going to write that down and uh, and use that, but I, I don't think I need to elaborate anymore. But what I would say, if you know, you follow people on Instagram and you find yourself following all the top golfers in the world, you know, throw someone like Harry Hall a follow yeah. and just and just follow this journey because you know, with yeah. that level of mindset and attitude and if that's what he's bringing to 
you know, the world of Instagram and golf, you know, he's one that's worth following and just yeah. checking in with how he's going. So, uh, because he's yeah. exhibiting all the behaviors that, uh, you know, you like to talk about. Yeah. And I think the great thing about, about well, golf these days and about social media is a lot of players are actually opening up about things a little bit more. And I'm starting to really see a lot of discussion around the mental side of, of golf, but also mental health in general outside of, of golf and how that's impacting golfers ability to perform. And, um, obviously with, with this new community that we're, we're putting in place, um, this, uh, this new clubhouse, um, we're going to be able to put a lot of those stories and, and, and content up there for discussion and, and start to help people realize whatever they're experiencing, they're not the minority. That's for sure. A lot more people are dealing with what we are all dealing with on a daily basis. And, that just helps us to go, okay, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with me, so to speak. This is just our reality today. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I obviously need to, to give it some uh, time and space and energy and bandwidth to, to improve those areas. But, yeah, there's so much content coming out that's, that's so valuable for, for us from a mental game and, and mental health perspective. Well, and as you mentioned, the Mental Mastery you know, project that uh, you alluded to is very much on the working, uh, on the not on the drawing board, it's very much in the working stages. And so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're just working previously to, to build, you've seen the Instagram uh, handle change to the Mental Mastery Clubhouse. So, you know, Clubhouse, it's a warm and inviting place. So we're trying to create that space that everyone can uh, join this journey. And yeah. to, the, to the point that you, that you mentioned there, I guess the last thing that we can talk about is just some of that, uh, I guess, work or, or information or, you know, just their openness that came through from Matt Wolf and Bubba Watson. Great to see Matt Wolf bounce back and, you know, he finished, where did he finish? He was, you know, in the top uh, echelon of the field on the weekend. Bubba Watson made the cut. He probably was uh, T50 or something like that. Yep. But, but those guys yep. had, a, had an interesting couple of days and a practice round together and, and some great, I don't like to call it content, but that's, but that's what it was. But, yep. you know, great openness came out of that. Yeah, for sure. And and Matty Wolf's been struggling a bit. He's taken a bit of time off the game and um, he sort of, you know, spoke a lot about the stress and pressure that he sort of, he's been under and he's been putting himself under um, being one of the best golfers in the world. And it was just getting to him. So he's been doing some good work in that space. Uh, he and Bubba had a practice round on Tuesday and then Bubba opened up and told him all the things that has been, you know, that he's been struggling with over the past five or six years. And, you know, um, for me, you know, Matt was talking about the stress and anxiety that, that uh, he'd been experiencing. And, you know, he sort of, not that he ignored it, but he just sort of tried to avoid confronting it. And then it just gets to a point where you've got to actually go, okay, this is, this is where I'm at. Well, what do I need to do to, to manage this and, um, and, and help myself? And, you know, I think with the world that we're all living in today, I think everyone, walks around with stress and anxiety in some part, especially since the pandemic, but even prior to that. It's just the nature of our busy lives. It's very difficult not to access stress and anxiety. Um, so I think seeing these guys who travel the world playing golf, make millions of dollars, you know, seem like life's perfect, they also carry that stress and anxiety. And, you know, Bubba you know, spoke a lot about the, the troubles that he's had and, um, you know, he... Uh, Obviously, was doing really well in the weekend. His Friday afternoon press conference, he uh, 
He spoke a lot about, you know, things don't happen overnight. Good golf doesn't happen overnight and bad golf doesn't happen overnight. Um, good mental health or poor mental health, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a build-up of, you know, uh, behaviours, of actions, of processes, either good or bad. And, um, you know, he spoke about that. But also in his press conference when he said he's looking forward to the weekend, you know, he said, oh, I was looking for, I'm looking forward to the challenge kind of. And when he said kind of after Friday's round, I was like, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens over the weekend. He shot 77, 76 and moved himself down the field, but you could certainly sense that he wasn't really ready for the weekend uh, contending in a US Open, but also he was celebrating the fact that he made a cut and was feeling good about himself. So. Um, you know, maybe him falling back down the field was more about he'd, he'd achieved his goal mm. and he's happy and he didn't want to reset another goal and put more stress or pressure on himself. He was just happy with what he's done. And not that he switched off, but maybe his, his intention might not have been as clear on the weekend as it was uh, heading into Thursday, Friday. But, um, yeah, I, some pretty interesting I, stuff. I guess you can see the same sort of... I guess approach to it is, is maybe a little bit like Harry Hall took, you know, like the kind of, you know, like yeah. I've, I've, I've ticked a, a massive, you know, box in my, you know, next level of progression yeah. and, um, I'm, and I'm good with that. And, uh, you know, I guess it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these guys. But the important point is, you know, this openness and discussion around mental health is so important. We know that. And, you know, through our community, you know, we want to open those discussions, maybe bring in some experts, you know, we're just everyday golfers like uh, all of the guys that are listening to this. So if we can create more attention around uh, in this area of the importance of being open about it, uh, yeah. that'll be another great feather in um, you know, the cap of the Mental Mastery Clubhouse. Yeah, uh, It doesn't discriminate. Mental health does not discriminate against you know, your bank account yeah. that, you, that you play on, on the world stage in any sport. And, uh, and these guys, you know, we, we should be thankful that they're, bringing it to our attention and allowing us to be uh, have open discussions around it. I think too, Roscoe, that's a really good point, is that I've spoken to quite a few people that, that do struggle with mental health, but on the surface, there's no reason why their business is successful, they've got a great family, like they've got great health. Everything is wonderful. Mental health, it's not about what your circumstances are, it's just... You're, sometimes things get on top of you and um, we don't pay attention to it enough. We don't give it enough time or space to sit and, 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 and work on ourselves in that regard. So it not only doesn't discriminate, there can be no rhyme or reason for feeling this way sometimes. And some people feel guilty for feeling that way when on the surface everything is great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just an important thing to just continuing to open up discussion and certainly... Uh, with this new platform, um, you know, we will have planned to get some experts in to, to just provide some content um, just to help people. And, uh, you know, it's just another little sort of icing on the cake for what we what we focus on, which is the Mental Mastery uh, Golf. And um, we all know how we drive through the driveway uh, of, the, of, of the club ready for a round of golf. What's happening outside the golf club has a massive impact on how we feel, how we think, and then ultimately how we how we play. So um, yeah, it's just 
and another thing that we want to sort of provide some value and, and some uh, some tips to help people, uh, you know, in their golf and also just in their life in general. Well, I think that's a, a great little short, sharp episode with uh, just some of the observations from a, a mental mastery perspective on this week in the PGA Tour. We might, uh, whenever these situations uh, or opportunities to talk openly about this, we'll keep doing that. And, uh, and we'll keep uh, talking to all of you listening, and we thank you for that. Jamie, you've got uh, probably a client to coach. I've got, yes. some, uh, I've got some clients to uh, help uh, get some new golf balls because I've probably lost some on the weekend. So I'm going to go. It Lovely. looks like a beautiful day in Queensland. You're sitting there in a jacket, so I'm wondering that uh, it might be a little bit cool. I'm sitting here in a neck warmer, so it's <laughs> definitely a bit cool where I am. But, mate, have a great, uh, have a great day. I'll uh, you too. look forward to being in touch in the next day or so as we keep progressing our little project. And uh, thanks, Sounds everyone, for good. listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.